This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. I just finished reading Masters of Scale by the founder of LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, and really interesting book, very activating, lots of expansive tips and stories from some of the most successful innovators and entrepreneurs out there. I learned a lot. My mind was opened to a lot of new perspectives and different ways of thinking about scale and strategy and business growth and really just enjoyed the the book overall. I wanted to share five of the biggest takeaways that I had from the book. And there's tons of golden nuggets, so it was hard to choose just five, but I wanted to pull out five of the biggest ones uh, that I think any business can learn from. And I wanna share those with you guys. So number one, challenge yourself to create an above and beyond customer experience. Now I've talked about this before on the show, but it is so important at every at every stage in the customer life cycle and with every single customer to over deliver at every opportunity. And a great example in the book was Airbnb and founder Brian Chesky and his team, especially in the beginning, they would consistently go through an exercise where they would push themselves to ask not just what a five star, but also a six star, seven star, eight star, and so on, all the way up to a 12 star experience out of five would feel like for users if they could somehow provide it. While flying guests in on private jets to their Airbnb and rolling out red carpets with celebrities there to greet them may not exactly be feasible, they tried to find a mix between somewhere between, you know, a five and a 12 star experience and then add elements of that within the overall customer journey. Moreover, the exercise forced Chesky and his team to think outside the box while also continually reaffirming the company's cultural commitment to providing nothing short of excellence for their hosts and guests alike while on the platform. So a lot of people don't know that little story, but it really goes to show how seriously Airbnb thinks about culture and how serious they were about customer experience from the outset. And I can certainly vouch for that. I am a super host on the platform and the customer service from my end actually as both a host and as a traveler when I'm traveling has been tremendous, like second to none. You can just tell, especially working in marketing or customer experience, you can tell when companies really go the extra step step with that and when they really care and Airbnb does for sure. Number two, be first to the party and scale fast no matter the cost. This was a point that Reed really brought to the forefront with several examples. It's so important to be first, especially if you are running a high growth startup. And he recommends this idea of blitz scaling, which is a whole other book. And the idea is to throw everything, you know, at everything at the, the barn door. I think that's the saying. Um, and 
it's all about scaling quick in the beginning and being first to market and dominating your niche as quickly as you can. And he uses the example of PayPal in their early stages when they were in total blitz scaling mode. They actually paid new users just to download and use the app. So they were actually losing some money up front in the process of doing this, but they were sacrificing in the name of scale, knowing that speed and market dominance was of utmost priority in those first few months if they wanted to really own the market without any question, and they did exactly that. Number three, allow for the initial idea to morph into the big idea. And the the underlying thesis here is that most of us, when we get into business and entrepreneurship, we don't exactly know where things are going to take us. In fact, we rarely end up playing out things exactly according to the plan that we thought. And he uses several examples to illustrate this point, one of which being Shopify. When Shopify began, it was it was launched off the heels of just a regular e-commerce store that the founder had built for himself, for his personal business. Soon he became acutely aware of the bigger problem and opportunity in the market, which was that other online e-commerce businesses needed an easy to use backend and way to build their e-com store. And so he built a platform that could allow them to do that easily. And his initial, pers- his initial personal need was was just for himself, right? But as so often is the case with entrepreneurship, that served as the seed for this incredible idea and what has become one of the largest businesses in the world with Shopify. If you've ever bought something online, not on Amazon from a B2C uh, e-com retailer, chances are you bought that off of a Shopify backend and just a really great story all around. Hey, this is Michael. I'm popping in for 20 seconds here to challenge you to take the next step in your growth journey. I've helped over 40 business owners amplify their operation inside of my immersive one-on-one, which is unlike any other coaching program out there. We'll be getting hands-on, doing content planning, script writing, ads optimization, customer mapping, and a lot more. So if it makes sense to chat, the link to schedule your call is in the description. All right, back to the show. Number four, be willing to bend the rules or lose to someone else who is. This is probably my favorite takeaway on on my list because I embrace and really resonate with a rebel energy and attitude when it comes to business. I look at business as war. I want to win and the most successful entrepreneurs, as Reed describes, are the ones who have that ultra competitive spirit and they're willing to to cross that blurred line from time to time or even quite often if they understand the calculated risk that they're taking in doing so because they understand the payoff or the potential benefit of doing so makes it worth it, especially in the beginning. And so he uses the example of the Ancestry company 23andMe. When they first began, they faced, as you might expect, significant legal hurdles as they were setting up their business model, which at the time was in direct conflict with governmental and regulatory restrictions regarding using people's DNA in the way that the startup wanted to do. But they persisted on, and what they did was really smart. They set up meetings with regulators to try to appease them and really understand what those challenges were and to determine what workarounds might exist and to learn more about the adjacent space when it comes to regulation and restrictions and all of those rules that do need to be uh, abided by, but that once understood can be, you know, 
I hate to use the word circumvented, but for lack of a better word, you know, it, that's how the game is played. Sometimes you might have to do some circumvention. You might have to, to be, you know, creative and even a little bit sneaky at times to, to really, to really, you know, make, make your mark in the way that you need to. And so, uh, that's, that's the key point there. At some point, every high growth startup will have to break the rules point blank period. You're going to have to take on some risk or cross uh, an unclear line if you want to scale quickly. It's an inevitability and virtual certainty. So you have to be willing to move forward with a rebel spirit or be ousted by others who are going to be doing that. Number five, encourage creative innovation as the heartbeat of your culture. I'm really struck by the mix of of culture and free creativity and relentless innovation that it seems like all the mega tech companies come to exemplify. I look at leaders like Google, Apple, Facebook, right? The, the, the big names in the tech space and Reed writes about all three in the book. And so that really caught, caught my attention. For example, Google created a product management program that it rotated new employees through so that they would get a wide diversity of training and experience to expose those new product managers to different to different parts of the business. And what that did was it expanded their their knowledge base, right? It helped to avail fresh ideas and it helped those new employees to think outside the box because they were being trained across the Google suite, which was a really interesting idea. Apple obviously is known for empowering their employees to work on projects totally unrelated to their day job every so often. And they're empowered to create something new to, you know, to innovate on some novel idea, product, program. And out of that initiative sprang some of Apple's most ingenious innovations. So really empowering your your team to to be creative, to think outside the box, right, is, is super, super critical when it comes to, to your culture and your values. And then Facebook does the same. Employees have extreme bandwidth to iterate and innovate without needing approval to do so. And Mark Zuckerberg has said, as outlined in the book, there's often upwards of 10,000 versions of Facebook Live across the world, which I did not know, because he allows and empowers the team to continue to test and push their ideas live to their user base in order to find the optimal version of what works best and what gets the most engagement and most positive reception, which is just a really interesting way of, of doing things. And I, I really, really uh, resonate with that. Achieving a dominant market presence really means optimizing for hyper growth at every turn. And I think that's the biggest overarching learning that I took away from the book. Almost all the entrepreneurs profiled had to be exceedingly patient leading up to their discovery of their big idea. I think sometimes we want to stumble across that golden bullet right now. I know I've been feeling that way lately. I just want to find that big idea and it feels like we're on the cusp and we feel like we have all this raw potential and desire and excitement inside of us. But we, ha we have to be patient, right? We have to work through the steps and the chapters of our lives and our businesses to get there as if a prerequisite to the massive success that we dream of as business owners. And then in an instant, and once we find that big winning idea, life and business will speed up and it will become all about a race to mastering scale. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this article and definitely check out the book 
if you have not already read it, it's really an expansive uh, uh, collection of anecdotes and insights and stories. So with that being said, I will see you in the next episode. Hey guys, if you found value in this episode, it would mean the world to me if you share it with a friend and on social media and be sure to tag me so that I can repost and please rate and review as everything helps so that I can get this knowledge to as many people as humanly possible. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is on sale now. Grab your copy by visiting my website or tapping the link in the episode description. I also just released the online learning portal, which expands on what I share in the book. This includes four hours of edited, captioned video tutorials and trainings, plus dozens of downloadables and templates. Between the book and the eAcademy, you're going to be equipped to literally blow your revenue targets out of the water and eviscerate your competition this year, all by putting content at the core. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, comment, and share all the things and hit me up on LinkedIn if you'd like to connect. I am here to serve you and that's it. I will see you in the next episode.